It's on. Well, here we are. We've made it to the eve of 2022. Uh, the Culvert Show here. Uh, we're doing it. Everybody else does it. It's kind of cliche, but there are some moments in these 22 clips that uh, we've put together as a show. The best of 2021. It includes some of our guests. We had Quinn on the show. Jake, the sports guy, was on the show. Steven was on the show. AP was on the show. Damien was on the show. It obviously includes the main three hosts, myself, JC, RC, and Nick, but a lot of different things. And once again, thanks for just listening to the show as a whole. Uh, I got off the ground about halfway through 2021, so only 22 episodes, but making our way back strong here. So without further ado, it is the best of 2021, the Covert Show podcast style. Hope you enjoy. It's on. And there we go. We're officially recording episode number one of the Covert Show, JCRC. We're going to be talking about anything from music, sports, some Pokemon in this episode. So that's going to be pretty great. Uh, how are we doing? Finally getting episode number one underway. It took a minute to get the setup going, but here we are. Oh, yeah. It's, it'll be fun. All right. Well, we're kicking things off with the uh, the easy sports news of the day. And, well, it was the sports news of yesterday. Tampa Bay won again. And you've already made the connection that this means that the Buccaneers are going to win again. We're, we're not really getting into football this episode, but can you elaborate on why you think that means Tampa Bay Buccaneers are an automatic shoe-in now? Because just because the other Tampa Bay team did it, I think they can do it again. So just, just because there's no rationale. I mean, to be fair, you called it last year yes, before well, everybody was still shit-talking Tom Brady. Yep. And you were like, oh, yeah, Tampa Bay's going all the way. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. And then you turned out to be right. So maybe you need to put some money down on it this year. I totally should. TB12 for days, dude. All righty. I think it's Pokétron time, right? Pokétron time. I don't remember what pack I gave you. I remember it's a three pack, though. I think it's, it's like Sun and Moon or something. Sun and Moon Lost Thunder. And I've Just got sword and shield battle styles in the uh the uh tri tyranitar outside packaging you have the nice <laughs> rustling of the package this is the uh excess cardboard i sure hope i rolled up my windows as the lightning gets a lot more frequent outside so you've just moved into an apartment so I i've got to got to get this one out there so you have your car parked in the lot, and I drove my car around to park next to yours. I, I, I've never... Oh, I think he got something good over there. We got a ho-ho for 130 Whoa, hit points. ho-ho! <laughs> and, yeah, it's rainbow burn. It's pretty cool looking. Rainbow burn? Oh, it's, it's, cool. a, it's a it's a basic type. Nice. It's basic. You got moo-moo milk and... Moo-moo uh, milk. Chikorita. Chikorita, dude. And uh, just a promotional card type thing. All right. Well, this pack feels heavy. I don't know anything about weighing packs. You got to get the... You got to get the asthma going. Shit. No, we <laughs> don't. I turned off my mic, and that was still probably picked up. 
So I'm trying to open a pack and uh, do a thing here. Is it three or four? I think it's three. Is it four? Three or four what? Sorry. Well, we're doing three. So we start out with an escape rope, Tower of Waters, Luxio, Bellsprout, a sick onyx that has an attack that is that is almost as bad as that whale ward ex that takes like eight water energies this thing takes five energies one of them's fighting it does 170 damage but it does 60 damage to itself and it only has 110 hit points so that's not great spiro some new pokemon wow this is some thunder going on out there this mike's gonna pick it up uh Bruxious, pretty sure I'm saying that wrong, and Vivillion, and a Psychic Energy. So we got a big fat nothing in this pack. So that might be a segment we do. We might open up some, some Pokemon cards and something important just came in. It's on! And welcome to podcast number two. We're sipping some cola and we're talking about Cheetos right out of the gate. You're going to get to hear some great laughter because we're starting. We're, gonna, we're just going to skip the sports for now and get right to this Cheeto bandit. So there was this lady in Oklahoma that was called the was like think was busted because of a Cheeto dust found in her teeth. And um, she was arrested in first degree burglary. And um, they found her and knew it was her because of an open bag of Cheetos and a bottle of water on the floor near an open window. Because, like, the second they got in, she, like, fled the scene. And they they figured out it was her because they went to her home and found the Cheetos on the floor by the window and then found her later with Cheeto dust in her teeth. Like, (laughs) wouldn't you think... That if you're going to go burglarize somebody, that that's the last thing you'd eat. Like, there's so many chips that you should eat before Cheetos because Cheetos are notorious for all that Cheeto dust getting all over you. So the uh, police department that found her wrote, in quotation marks, a good reminder that Cheeto dust can be pretty hard to get rid of because, you know, when you eat it, that like melts in your mouth and it gets like all sticky and stuff on your teeth and that and it's all over your hands i was more surprised that this isn't like they saw her sticky fingers as well as the stuff all over her teeth because you can wipe that stuff with a napkin and it seems like it just is impossible to get off of you and the cops obviously put two and two together because when she fled, they believe when she fled, she was still carrying her Cheetos. Well, the you can't just leave the Cheetos behind. I and mean, you got to go home and watch some Netflix after burgling this house. So when they went and had the Cheetos, she like dropped them behind before she like really left the scene. What a clown move. What a clown move. First of all, burglarizing people, not a good move. And then second of all, the choice of burglars everywhere, apparently eating Cheetos, also not not great either. It looks like she actually tried, like, okay, the cops say they arrived at the home that night where a mom of two kids had called 911 to report that another lady had pried a screen off her window. 
So it looks like she went in, <laughs> stole a bottle of water, ate some of their Cheetos, and then fled after eating Cheetos and drinking water. So she's going to jail because she burglarized a bottle of water and, like, two hands full of Cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's kind of... That's that's sad. not that's not a great look either. They're gonna ask, "What are you in for?" And she's gonna be like, "Yeah, I took a bottle of water and Cheetos from this mom of two kids." And I'm gonna be like, "Wow, that's it." I mean, again, burglarizing bad, but like, if that's all that she did, she didn't really terrorize anybody. I mean, like maybe the mom's just upset that that bag of Cheetos is half gone now. So you get to pick three of these cereals, all right? There's nine cereals. You get to pick three that you want to keep. The rest of them are done. So here's your nine. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Tricks, Fruit Loops, Captain Crunch, Fruity Pebbles, Pops. I didn't know Pops were still sold. I'll be completely honest. I have had them a long time ago, but they had those weird commercials. Where the pops had legs and like yelled at each, and like yelled at each other. Anyway, Lucky Charms, Honey Nut Cheerios, or Frosted Flakes. First, let's just go with uh, which one of these is a big no right off the jump before you get to the final three. Pops. Well, okay, <laughs> yeah, we we pretty had a pretty good feeling about that. So pops is gone. Is there anything else on this list that's pretty much an automatic no? Out of everything on the list, probably Cheerios would be a big no. Honey Nut Cheerios, gone. All right, so that leaves Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Tricks, Fruit Loops, Captain Crunch, Fruity Pebbles, Lucky Charms, and Frosted Flakes. So number one I would have on my list would be Cinnamon Toast Crunch, number one. Number two, the Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles. Wow. And number three would be Frosted Flakes. All right. We're, well, we got two of the three the same. I would say that Cinnamon Toast Crunch, always good. Frosted Flakes, even better. And I'm going with Lucky Charms off this list. You know, Captain Crunch is solid. I will say that, too. You get all the different flavors of Captain Crunch in there. Pops, that's a big no. Fruity Pebbles, I mean, they're all right. I, I can get behind that on certain certain time and then fruit loops and tricks tricks just taste kind of fake plus they've got that uh don't they have a yogurt i think they have a yogurt or a gogurt or some something that's essentially tricks flavored i could be wrong on that but i remember that from a long long time ago now that you say that i vaguely remember looking that. at all these cereals all i can think about is the tricks rabbit silly rabbit tricks are for kids the tricks yogurt then the Pops commercials, where the Pops scream at each other. I, I Now I want to hear that commercial. I'm, I'm just, what about the commercials where the Cinnamon Toast Crunch oh, people the, eat each the other? The Cinnamon though? Toast Crunch things, I guess, are definitely cannibals. Like the, the Cinnamon Toast Crunch puts it in your face that they are definitely, they definitely eat each other, which I don't know that that's a... A great thing to be like, this is the brand. This is the thing. Oh, I think he found the Pops commercial. See if the, uh, see what we got here. I'm, if this is what I, uh, let's see if this is what I thought it was. 
always turning the mic way or turning the computer way up. We might actually pick up some of this. Oh, let's see if the Googler fails us here. Oh, I think this is what I was thinking of. Yes, it is. That's funny. And it's like, Pops crazy good, or something like that at the end. We're definitely uh, watching a video that does not have volume on it, or your computer, or your, or your, or your computer just bit it. So. Oh, well, you're technologically impaired. Apparently, he sat there with the volume down. Is it? I just want to know if it ends pops crazy good, because I think that's how the the catchphrase is. He is just struggling with the volume right now. There <laughs> I feel like I'm hearing this more through my headphones. There Yeah, okay. I don't know what your mind. <laughs> what is going on? So I guess for future reference, we're not going to let you be the one in control. He's got like five videos playing in there. So <laughs> Okay, okay. I think I got it this time. All right, we're going. If this is not it, we're just calling it a draw. <laughs> he can't find the mic in his computer. Oh, they don't have legs. They just bounce. Oh, what is? Gotta have my pops. There it is. That didn't. I don't know what the hell you're doing over there, dude. I don't think. I he is. He's having a fun time trying to. Don't play it again. We've already had like five minutes of dead air while you try to figure out what the heck is going on over there. Pops, crazy good. That was the deal. I thought it was gotta have my pops. It's the, I, all right, all right, all right, all right. So we went down that. I went down that, and learned that if we need something done right in the technology department, that you are not the one. You're gonna you're gonna hear a crash and some crying when he drops his freaking computer over there. Anyway, so there you go. The uh, winners: Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Fruity Pebbles, Lucky Charms, and Frosted Flakes. What are you doing? So he's got his laptop up on laptop up on its side now. I mean, I, this this sounds like something that we planned to make you seem like not not technologically smart, but unfortunately, that was not planned, and that's just part of what uh, <laughs> what goes on here. All right, so oops. But yeah, and that's all I got for the. My side of the stuff. Let's hear your side. There you go. So we're actually just not going to get right into sports. I've got something even better. You're going to love this. Probably going to get a good chuckle out of this. Here you go. This is uh, this is a story that's been out there. This is ABC News. Taco Bell employees. I don't want any spit takes. I don't want you to trash the mic or your computer. Taco Bell employees set off fireworks inside restaurant, caused the fire, after accidentally locking themselves out, the damage in, in the blaze is estimated it to be more than $30,000. This is in Nashville. 
So this uh, occurred July 5th as, uh, yeah, the investigation, the, the, pre- the premise here is they lit off fireworks in the restaurant. Okay, fine. Like, I'm not sure why that was a good idea. But I think my favorite part of this is I just can imagine them getting out of there. You know, you're seeing the fireworks shooting off. You're watching Taco Bell go up in blazes. And then one of them taps their pockets and goes, oh, shit, I don't have the keys. Do you have the keys? And then the other one looks at him and goes, I don't have keys either. So, yeah, you get to watch the building go up in flames. You shot off a bunch of fireworks. That's that's not a good move. Nothing? Nothing. You get a light chuckle, but that's that's it. Um, Terry! Terry! Oh my where God. are the keys at? <laughs> yeah, there would be a big freak out. It's on. Joining me here on the Covert Show, we're talking about the possible uh, conference relocation. I have Quinn Douglas on the line. And Quinn, what are some of the things you're hearing about this? I know if if you're like me, you've been on Twitter with this a lot, and there's a lot of different scenarios. But what are some things we know that are actually concrete with this situation so far? Well, what we know so far is that Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC. Number one, that is happening. Uh, that was, according to a lot of reports, it's been in the works for close to a year now, and they kept it under wraps. It wasn't until apparently the Board of Regents that were associated with Texas A&M uncovered what was happening is when it finally got out to the public that this was indeed in motion. Uh, I believe it was on Thursday night. There was a meeting with the Big 12 ADs and CEOs. Eight teams showed up. Oklahoma and Texas did not show up. And the overwhelming uh, consensus was everybody left really upset, really hurt by the moves that Oklahoma and Texas did, particularly schools like Oklahoma State uh, were very upset with what uh, Oklahoma and Texas did, essentially behind the back of the conferences. And really, this is you know, the, the conference realignment, especially between Texas and Oklahoma, it's all part of a bigger ploy and a bigger battle between ESPN and Fox Sports when it comes to college uh, college sports in terms of media rights. ESPN aligned with SEC and the ACC about a decade ago. Fox Sports is aligned with the Big Ten and the Pac-12. ESPN, the Big 12 was under the assumption that they were aligned with ESPN, but ESPN really dumped those last eight schools with this move uh, between Texas and Oklahoma. They really dumped, you know, the Iowa State, the Kansas, the Texas schools, Oklahoma State, K-State, and so on and so forth. They really left them in the dust. And as of right now, the most concrete thing we've got is that Oklahoma and Texas are going to the SEC. There's been a lot of reports that Kansas has been in talks with the Big Ten about making a move from the Big 12 to the Big Ten. Uh, that has also got a lot of steam to it from what I have heard as well. And there's also been some steam picking up over the last 24 hours about Iowa State joining the Big Ten. Not sure how far along that is, but at the moment that's what it looks like. So something I was curious about is how could Oklahoma and Texas have kept this under wraps that nobody knew about it up until recently? Well, it's just being really smart with communication, knowing who to trust with this information, knowing uh, how to keep this under wraps. Uh, you, you see a lot more nowadays. It's actually, with, even with social media, you actually see a lot more social You see a lot more media things happen. As I liken it to, you see a lot of hip-hop and rap artists. Uh, they are able to keep recording albums under wraps until 
literally the day before its release. I know this is a lot more complex than that, but it's all about trusting the right people to keep this under wraps, keep it keep it quiet. Like I said, it wasn't until the, the border regions from the state of Texas and those border regions that were affiliated with Texas A&M, it wasn't until they found out about it that this finally uh, was let out to the public. And even, I'll give ESPN credit, they like to over they like to over publicize everything, but every once in a while they can keep stuff like this under wraps. I know this is a little <laughs> bit insignificant compared to compared to uh, conference realignment, but I remember when uh, Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann came back to co-host the show for uh, ESPN's 40th anniversary co-host Sports Center. It was kept under wraps till about an hour until they went on the went on the air. Now I know that's seemingly insignificant compared to conference realignment, which ESPN and Fox Sports are in a battle with right now. But ESPN, when they want to, they do a really good job of keeping things under wraps. This is one of these times they did a really good job of keeping this under wraps. It's on! Woo! That was a good one this time. We had the volume cranked up. We're here. It's Culvert Show number five. I made a boo-boo yesterday. I took an extra long nap. That iconic children's show arthur is coming to an end after 25 years i didn't realize arthur had been on the air for 25 years that thing with the like mouses and all that the mice the mice yeah i don't think they're i can't remember what they are i don't do not believe they're actually mice though the one that's got dw in it there you go uh the iconic uh children's series is coming to an end uh the Apparently, there's a Finding DW podcast that this is where this came out as. Uh, the quote uh, from executive producer Carol Greenwald, quote, Arthur is the longest-running kids animated series in history and is known for teaching kindness, empathy, and inclusion through many groundbreaking moments to generations of viewers, end quote. Arthur, fun fact, is aimed for kids aged four to eight. You're giving me a look. You think that's too young, too old, like... Eight, that's it? I watch that show still, dude. <laughs> aardvark. There you go. He's an aardvark. He's not a mouse. There you go. It stars It stars eight-year-old Arthur, who's an aardvark, and his family and friends from uh, PBS Kids. There you go. So, yeah, it's... Uh, and I didn't... This is through the podcast again, uh, that Finding DW podcast. Quote, Arthur's no longer in production, we had our wrap-up party two years ago. I think PBS made a mistake, and I think Arthur should come back, and I know I'm not alone in thinking that's a mistake. So there you go. That's uh, something that it does. It premiered in October of 1996. I'm, uh, I was shocked that it had been on that long, but yeah, Arthur, the aardvarks winding her down after uh, 25 years. So there you go. It's on. Oh, that's a good one. We got a guest here for podcast episode number six of the Covert Show. I'm JC. That's RC over there. And you can hear the man saying, oh, yeah, sipping on a soda over there. It's AP. What's up, everybody? I'm here. And AP and I, we made some questionable decisions earlier before (laughs) this. We're recording this podcast at about Four, four in the morning. Four in the morning. And AP and I just did the gauntlet of Mario Kart. All 48 races took 
a long time. What did we decide? Five and a half hours? Five, five and a half hours, You yeah. won about 40 of them? 40, yeah, first place. And I won like three. That's probably being generous. I probably uh, yeah. won two. Our, our final score was like 2,300 to like 1,400. <laughs> well, I took a picture of it. We'll, we'll break it down break for it you. Break it down, break it down. And, uh, you know, you have a fun one here. So 2360 to 1576, it took a long-ass time. You scored 689 points, which was the tops among everybody. I was second with 455. He walked the dog on everybody. It was not even close. And then the third place was 411. Your favorite characters, Peach and Pink Gold You shut up. (laughs) 190 and 174. Peach Peach was terrible on our team. I will hate her for the end of days now. Like, we'd be getting, like, our team would be getting, like, top six, Peach and last constantly. Her score was dragging us down the whole time. I'd been okay to drop her and just been 5v6, but there's no way in Mario Kart, and it disappointed me. I was ready to drop her. I was carrying for the team. And when you're carrying on your back, you cannot move with a dead weight. That's how it goes. And so, yeah, I mean, you... Totally robbed me of about three wins in there, so thank you for that. But there you go, 48. I kept thinking it was 45. You kept correcting me for the first, like, 20 races before it finally sunk in, how many races we were actually running. We still got to the end, and I still think you thought it was 45. I was pumped at 44 because I was like, oh, my God, we're almost done with this. Just And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, we got three more races to go. Yeah, I mean... It made it a little more tolerable. We we paused at like twenty four, twenty five. We paused at about the halfway point to go get to some go food. get some food. Well deserved food. Well deserved. And then uh, we got it. We got it going we got there. Back. So we, we hit about thirty races. So about six more after we came back, and we're like, we hate ourselves. <laughs> we're living that regret right now. But we can say we've played forty eight races of Mario Kart. I mean, it's the same type of thing as like you know we talked about it binging Madden ninety five for me, where oh, yeah. I go through the entire season in one sit down takes about fourteen hours. So you thought this five hour binge was something? Try that one. That one. For in my case, too, where you're playing with the uh, plug-and-play, you have to worry about the batteries dying, too. Oh, yep, yep. So you can get all the way to the end. You've got to hope and pray the batteries hold out and that everything ends up going right. So, yeah, oh, it's yeah. Uh, it I, was a different experience on the Switch. I'd only played before on the uh, Wii, and, you know, you were making fun of me for trash-talking before, and I'd never <laughs> played on the Switch. I thought it was basically the same gameplay. <laughs> Not even a little. We're, we're walking up here to come. I was like, hey, you want to play some uh, Mario Kart? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to whoop some ass. <laughs> we, we got up here to start playing. <laughs> I got one race in and was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> the worst part, though, too, is we decided to play like 200 CCs after probably oh, like neither was playing it like forever. Because I had literally just bought in the game and then Switch. And we decided to play 200 CCs on Rainbow Road, which <laughs> as anybody who's played Mario Kart before knows that is a huge mistake to play on the hardest difficulty on on a rainbow <laughs> but that's where we were that's what we decided that was the big brain thought it didn't work and uh you know I, I i mean we didn't get any final stats so i don't really know how badly i did do i got i got a bunch of seconds yeah. i probably have 30 seconds 35 he's, seconds in there he's probably mostly like maybe a little bit under me and tied for like seconds for my first so yeah it was i mean i had a couple of clunkers in there got screwed on a couple of races where i got 12 there is nothing worse than getting 25 races deep and then having a clunker, sixth place <laughs> clunker, and then you're like, I really just want to be done. But you know what? We stuck through and then um, finished her out, picked up the win, 
it, it, this would be an interesting one to do solo. I don't know if there's a way to do that solo where I, you're going like you're just every man for himself, but that'd be interesting to do. I think there probably could be a way, but you would you, really I, I'd get the, I'd get the doors blown off. Oh, yeah, but you'd still get like... I'd still uh, finish second yeah, and beat still, the next guy by like 60 points. I'd just lose by 200 to you. But hey, it's still better than being Peach, though, so... Well, there you go. It's, uh, yeah. And this is another thing we were talking about. The old app on the phone. Oh. And, <laughs> and that's pretty much the reaction I think most people had. Everybody was so pumped for this because I remember when it came out, everybody's like, it's Mario Kart. It's for the phone. It's mobile. This is going to be sweet. And then you got the game and you're like, it, it, it was none of those yeah, things. Yeah, like the advertisements made it seem super, super cool. Like you saw it like, oh, yeah, this is going to be so fun. It's, cause it's like Mario Kart, but on your phone. And like you get to play in it. It was terrible. Absolute, yeah, it was, absolutely terrible. And I like the point you made when we were talking about this earlier. You're like, everybody that downloaded it, about a third of them like played two games and was like, this sucks. And yeah. then just got rid yeah, of it. instantly deleted it after that it was like that's how i that's how i know that like i played two games i'm like this is terrible you're off my phone i don't need wasted space on my phone <laughs> so i've got to ask everybody that includes urc over there he's not mr talkative about mario kart what is your go-to mario kart character i'll start with mine it's wario might explain why he's slow and loses a lot <laughs> i mean he's a he's a heavier guy heavier car my skill set, not as good as everybody else is here, apparently, because I can't beat anybody. But It's because he doesn't know how to drift, so if he knew how to drift, he'd be probably kicking my butt. This guy was telling me to drift four or five races in. Every race, pretty much after like that. And then, like, 15 races in, he's like, you really need to drift if you're going to ever have a chance <laughs> we, to win. We still got to the last race, and I was like, hey, mate. If 35 <laughs> races in, let's go. Let's start drifting. Like, he was he was still popping off a second without drifting, so, like, if he was drifting, he'd probably kick my Flex ass. Flex on him, dude. So, yeah, he was doing hella good. Okay, anyway, back to the question of what's your go-to Mario Kart character? Waluigi with a dirt bike. Hell yeah, oh, yeah. dude! That's that's a good pick. That is a good pick. That's a good pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick your your rival here and go with Luigi. I love Luigi. Number good two there. Good old Luigi. So there you, you know, go. Waluigi, Luigi, and Wario. Wow. That is quite the combination. Wow. Just like good old wow, you know the wow from Wario and wow from Waluigi. Yeah, I w the other part of the uh, Mario Kart is I think it'd be cool to be able to drive as Pikachu. And I think you said there's probably a way to do there's, that. There's probably a game. I think there's a game out there somewhere where you can play as Pikachu. That I would think. be pretty sweet. Like doing that. But, but I'm not gaming. I'm not a big enough gamer to know what that would be. Because they've got, they've got Smash where you can play as Pikachu. So obviously you think you'd add him to a racing game. Because I think Link was on there. Link I was in that game. one of my all-time favorite finds was there's a Pac-Man... Go Kart. It's basically Mario Kart, except it's got Pac-Man. And let me tell you, that game is sweet. This the one of the Pac-Man characters has a motorcycle on there. It is pretty sweet. It's on <laughs> Episode number seven of the Covert Show. I'm JC. That's RC. And he's he's drinking about sixteen gallons of pop over there. 14 different flavors, but we're back. It's on. Oh, that might be the most interesting sounding uh, opening so far. 
podcast number nine of the Covert Show. It's a Saturday special, probably will be released on Sunday, and I have a special guest with me here on this Saturday. It's Jake the Sports Guy, and Jake, welcome to the show. Hey, Jonathan. I'm very happy, very excited to be on your show. This is my first time being a guest on a podcast and hosting my own. It's kind of cool to be on the receiving end, I guess. I've interviewed a few other people, but you know, I uh, maybe not have as much pressure, I guess, as the <laughs> does, but you know, it's, it's been good, good to come on here and talk with you because, you know, you and I had just some time, quite a bit of time we got to spend together up in Iowa doing broadcasting together, but, uh, just appreciate the invite and glad to be on the show with you. That is right. We had some, uh, some wet, some wet memories of some baseball <laughs> games and, uh, you're a Notre Dame fan. I'm just curious from your perspective, do you want to see Notre Dame get into a conference or are you fine with them floating in the independent and then joining, uh, they're in the ACC for basketball and whatnot, or do you want to see them get into a conference? Um, I mean, I understand why they don't get in a conference because, um, you know, it's the one, a lot of it's the money thing, you know, they can create their own TV deal exclusively with NBC and they can schedule whoever they want. You know, they, um, have the freedom to do that. Unlike other teams where they have a set conference schedule, uh, they're locked into who they play pretty much every season. And a lot of times they don't want to schedule anybody too terribly good outside of their conference because it might run the risk of them getting beat and hurting their chances of being in the conversation for the college football playoff. But also uh, on top of that though, you know, it's, you're not, you don't have the conference championship game, which is a huge thing. You know, the, they were able to play in it last year, temporarily joining the ACC for one season and they did well. They went undefeated in conference play and then they got beat by Clemson in the ACC title game. But, um, you know, they showed that they could compete in that conference if they ever decided to full, fully join as a member. You know, they have their current contract now to where they play, I think, five to six ACC teams a year, kind of at random. Um, so kind of playing an ACC schedule, but not necessarily. Uh, so they can still play Stanford. They can still play USC. And then schedule other fun games like they're going to play Wisconsin at Soldier Field uh, in October. So that'll be a fun one. Um, and then they play one of the, the better non-Power 5 schools that's a preseason top 10 in Cincinnati um, early on in the year as well. So if they weren't in a the conference, they wouldn't be able to make games like that. But I understand it from, you know, uh, team or Fans that are people that are not not fans. And there's a lot of haters in Notre Dame as well uh, that tell them they should get in a conference. But you know, it's it's a double-edged sword. If they do it, you know, kind of damned it if you, damned if you don't. You know, it's kind of it's there's positives to the either side, negatives to either side, and you, know, you just it, it's their decision to make, and it, you just kind of roll with whatever they do. It's on. Wow, that was a good one. We have podcast number 10 of the Covert Show. We have a uh, special guest. Might be guest uh, 
periodically here is uh, Nick Henricks is joining us. Says, uh, "Welcome to the show, Nick. We're excited to have you on board here going forward." Excited to be on. Excited to see what the the topics are that we get brought up today. That is part of the fun of the show, and we also have an exciting thing where, uh, uh, what do you want to say, partnering with Raise Energy, kind of, as uh, if you use the code word COVERT20 at checkout, you get 15% off your order. RC's trying the uh, Raise Sour Gummies, I think it is, because that's the one that sounded the best out of the four, so... As he's, I think his mic, he turned his mic off. I sure didn't. <laughs> All right, there he is. So do we have he's a, back. do we have an early take on the uh, sour gummies here? It's top three energy drinks. It's pretty solid. I really like it. And here we go. He's coming to try it and let's see what he thinks. I give it a solid nine out of 10. I'd drink it again. It's pretty good. Nine out of 10. We'll drink again. All right. Well, <clears throat> First take is it's clear, so that's cool. Thought there would have been some coloring with it, but the after like flavor there where it like punches you Ooh, the sour I is like really that. good. I like that. All right. <laughs> he's on it's TikTok. Nah, he that's not busted. <laughs> he's got exactly he was on TikTok as long as he was on Pokemon Go. He'd be probably on TikTok longer, actually, because Pokemon Go lasted twenty five minutes. Pokemon Go is lame. I will. I mean, I was trying not to talk about it in the podcast because I haven't played it. But I mean, it was fun for like the first two and a half, three weeks. But since then, it's been like I've been playing it less and less. Probably should just delete the app so they stop tracking me on the app. But what are you going to do? Maybe it'll become maybe I'll get back into it. But there will be a nostalgia feel that'll kick in and you'll say, yeah, I got to walk through somebody's backyard, go off a cliff, and go deep down to the bottom of the ocean. I need this Articuno. That's right. That's that's, exa- that's exactly what's going to happen. I, I, the thing was, the battles weren't fun. I probably didn't play the game the way it was supposed to be played, but the battle, I was like 20 and 45 in battles. Like, when you get your ass handed to you that much, over the course of 65 games that just ceases to be fun. So, yeah, I was well, part of it I mean, is t- I just sucked. I mean, it depends on who you have as a as some as you're starting six, but I mean, yeah, I I personally I got into it just because it was kind of fun to get out walking and like doing that and I mean, there were days where I would honestly walk about like almost 10 miles and just wow, really getting face- after it. Uh, yeah. I had eggs to hatch, man. I had incubators to free up. I was getting Pokemon left and right. And this was when Gen 1 was out. I barely even played when Gen 2 started to come out. Now there's like 800 Pokemon out there on this game. I think Pokemon will be one of those franchises that will constantly forever just live. And Ash Ketchum will remain a small child. Uh, The thing is, I just... We're getting to a point where Pokemon is starting to recycle Pokemon. Uh, the names are so familiar now. Well, or like, they're just like switching it to one letter in the name. Well, that's there's like Mudkip, and there's a brand new one that's like Mudkip, except they like chopped off the like thin thing on the back of his head and then like changed like two letters in the name. And I'm like, 
I mean, I feel like I'm just a nostalgic old man. It's like, go back to Gen 1. We don't need 850 of these things. You know what? I say instead of Pokemon, can we throw it back to Digimon? Oh, Did anybody watch Digimon? Digimon, boo! Not a fan. I, I, I liked it as a kid. I mean, that might have just been my my kind of like late night fix as a kid, but I liked Digimon. And then what was it? There was uh, Bakugan or whatever. Oh, it was. is that the one that has the like the the like plastic ball things you roll and they turn into like uh, fighter yeah, things? Yeah. Yeah, you, you throw it down, and it rolls on the card, and you can never get it to roll on the card right, and it would always roll off, and then you, you touch it wrong, and it breaks because all those little tiny metal springs. Like, oh, my I goodness. Had, I the- never played it, but those look sweet. And though that, I don't know why this is, like, what pops into my head, but the first thing I think of of things that don't work right are hex bugs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> It might just be the fact this is 1230, but I don't know. Hex bugs just popped into my mind as things of like, they should be cool. Like you can run them on tracks and you can do all this stuff with them, but it always just seems like they go like two inches and then kick over to the side and that's it. Oh yeah. Or like, as soon as you think you got them on the track, they'll go all the way to the other side. And then it's like, wait, hold on. I lost it somewhere. And then it's bumping into a wall and it never (laughs) wants to move. Yeah. That's like... That you the get them going room. where they'll just the, like run into the wall for five minutes and you're like, dude, this thing's supposed to like turn and do stuff, not just run into the wall. The creator of Roomba finally got it right. Maybe Hexbug should come back and just ask Roomba what they did. You heard it here first. Hexbugs are going to be coming back. I haven't seen one in stores for years. I don't even think I've seen one in, in any. None of my cousins ever had them as kids. I sure as hell never had them as kid, but like I have never seen, or I haven't seen a hex bug in like just a minute. They've been gone off the face of the planet, and I think everybody has either thrown them away or they're still bumping into walls and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I'm googling it because I oh, it's got hexbug.com as a thing. These are this is still a website. No. New products for 2021. Oh, man. What? Here no comes way. some irresponsible buying. There's a Hex Mods <laughs> Pro Series Elite Raceway for $89.99. Wow, they are breaking the bank. There's Real Bug Nano 5-pack for... Oh, they look... Wow, they actually do look like bugs now instead of just like robotic-like things. $24.99. Jeez. All right, I, I don't remember look. them being this expensive. I gotta look this. They, I love I how the video of this has them racing on the track. Like this is the sweetest thing, and it's actually gonna work. And we all know that's that's baloney. Oh, so the original nanos. There's a four pack or no, a five pack of them for nineteen ninety nine, and they're in stock. Oh man, They've been, those batteries are probably worn out. <laughs> That and they like made these... you buy like the dumbest battery size for them too. Oh like, yeah, it was the like only place you can circles. get them is from Hexbugs. Like you yeah. can't go buy them in a Kmart or a Walmart. Oh, oh man. my goodness! I'm just I'm on the site now, just looking at all of this. You can get the Hexbugs space, the cosmic like little Coliseum thing for fifty dollars. That these Santa, prices I know what I want are for my Christmas high. List. Yeah, there you go. You might as well start ordering it now, and you might get it by December. 
I'm going to get it by December of 2025 at this point. <laughs> oh, man. Well, RC, it got quiet. You don't like hex bugs over there? I know, I know for a fact that you had hex bugs. I had the lame slug one that didn't do anything. Like, that when it tried to move, it stayed in one spot. Well, that's the thing that was sucky about them, too, is, like, outside of the little nano things that, like, vibrated and, like, went on their side and kicked themselves in circles. Like, anything you spent more than 15 bucks on sucked. They didn't go anywhere. They were too slippery for hard surfaces, so they'd sit there and, like, just slide. And then, like, you put them on another surface and, yeah. Well, now that we've spent 20 bucks on hex bugs during the show. Not a sponsor yet. Oh, I'm going directly to hexbugs.com and I'm emailing their support staff. We need to get we need to be dealing with hex bugs. Oh man. Send me send me a fifty dollar space coliseum now. You're damn right. Fifty fifty dollar coliseum. Send me some of those sweet original hex bugs, a five pack for nineteen ninety nine. Wow, the uh the, the things podcasts make you remember. That is pretty sweet. So it's on episode number 12 of the Covert Show. I'm JC. Across the way is RC. Nick is joining us via Skype as he's been doing the last few episodes. We have a guest in studio. And with that, it is time to party rock. Party rockers in the house tonight. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, his reaction is so good. How did I, I not know? know? How did I, how did I it, not that know? Was glorious. Oh, man. Oh, I man. hate it. Thanks. <laughs> and now with that, he's turning off his microphone and leaving. We're 25 seconds hey, into the hey, podcast, wait. and he's like, that's enough. Oh yeah, you're welcome for that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I didn't see it coming. Like I <laughs> Oh, that was great. I can't wait to listen back to it, but like I like I told Ronald before, I'm like, this is either gonna be really well put together <laughs> or really awful. And either way it's going in the final like end of twenty twenty one reel when we put all our best and worst clips together, but bring them back. Bring them back. Oh, yeah, they need to bring them back. <laughs> I wish we had a camera on his expression because it was so good. LMFAO needs a reboot, too, so they can take over again. Oh, my God. That was... They took over once? Oh, burn! Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, they made enough. Ba- oh, wow. He's mad. Whoa, He's breaking hangers over got... there. Wow. Damn, dude. <laughs> Calm down, Terry. <laughs> Put it in reverse, Terry. <laughs> the mustache is on point. Dude, if, if RC over here doesn't do like a Halloween costume dress up, <laughs> I'm going to be like legit oh. angered as much as he like is genuine. I don't, I don't think there's anyone else on this planet that has as much genuine love for LMFAO They're as he awesome. does. Oh, they man. Great here we go. The tights coming into Goodwill. <laughs> Hell no, yeah, no, dude! No, no. Like I feel no. like most people I encounter, if this conversation ever comes up, which it never does, <laughs> would be kind of like, yeah, they were all right. They had that. The cool amount song, of shade, guy. the amount of shade that Damien has thrown you nonstop <laughs> since recovering from the intro is phenomenal. 
Oh, it's a good thing God. we got this out of the way while I have energy. <laughs> Episode number 18 of the Covert Show. I'm JC. Joining me as always, Nick, on uh, the uh, Skype. And joining me today also is special guest Stephen Cutler. Welcome to the show, Stephen. A uh, lot of uh, good football, some MLB. You're in the same place, unfortunately, my Toronto Blue Jays are watching uh the postseason uh, from the couch. Yeah, well, it, at least it, it seems like your Blue Jays are uh, on the upward of the ladder and not just stuck on the same rung that you have been for the past few years uh, like the Yanks are. But, uh, yeah, I'm taking a break from the playoffs. I'll probably tune back in for the CS. So we'll just go ahead and jump in right there. It is the postseason wild card games have been played and for the dodgers a team that won more than 100 games they got through unfortunately for you on the al side boston uh took care of the yankees but taking a step back from that the chaos that was the final day and from a toronto blue jays standpoint it needed one toronto needed one team to win they needed either the Red Sox or the Yankees to lose. I'm curious from your perspective, Stephen, as a Yankees fan, did you ever feel like there was a shot that the Yankees weren't going to win on that final day? Because you had Seattle and Toronto trying to chase down your team. Well, considering we won that game one game to nothing uh, that day, yes, there were a lot of times. <laughs> that's 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 a real win. Uh, That's a yeah. real I can't look at the TV screen right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we scored until the eighth or ninth inning that day. I don't know. Uh, it feels I... like an eternity ago now. But, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty nerve-wracking because I know I was scoreboard watching as well, and we weren't playing offense. And I'm, I'm just hoping that either Toronto or Boston lost, and then suddenly we won, and uh, then – and Boston was down big at that point, too. Uh, and they came back and won it, which was unfortunate, obviously, uh, as it turned out. So. Yeah, that whole uh, weekend was nerve-wracking. Uh, Toronto ends up one game short in the playoffs, unfortunately. They did everything they could. They got Baltimore for the final three and really just had an offensive slugfest against them. And like you said, I don't know which one of the teams winning ahead of Toronto, New York, or Boston made me the most upset because, like you said, Boston was down big to Washington, uh, New York, and Tampa. You knew it was going to be a good one. That was tied, I think, into the ninth. The Yankees end up winning that. It, it, it was frustrating. And like I was telling you before, telling you guys before this, to me – Toronto never even should have been in that position. I mean, their their pitching was fine. The offense was good, but unfortunately Toronto getting to watch from the sideline. We do know the ALDS winners as uh, Boston surprises Tampa Bay and Houston, I would say not necessarily surprising win over Chicago. What were some of your guys' thoughts first starting on the AL side of things? Uh, as the Boston Red Sox and Houston Astros advanced to the ALCS. Kind of looking at that Boston series, I mean, Tampa just looked like they were slowed down. Their their pitching was good, but their offense was kind of just 
they were struggling at points. Big hits were kind of falling away from them. Randy Rosarena still in the playoffs is just insane. He had a tremendous series. And the one thing that you can't take away from is trying to play baseball at Fenway Park in the postseason. Oh, you're you're sitting at a disadvantage already. That place gets loud. You're sitting at the short porch. Um, and the Red Sox came ready to play. So that'll be an interesting series. The Astros make it for a fifth consecutive year. Jose Altuve is, I think, now on the fifth or sixth position for postseason home runs with 17. It was a competitive series all the way through, even with the White Sox. They were trying to go uh, last game, sadly, unable to. The Astros hitting just that lineup is still very, very good in the postseason, no matter what you throw or who you throw against them. So I think that should be an interesting series kind of all the way through. I would love to see the Red Sox actually kind of win it, but I think of it in this series, you're going to get a, I think you'll probably get a full seven games. So what yeah. is, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I, I was surprised the way that uh, ALDS turned out between uh, Boston and Tampa. Um, it, but the one thing that just kind of sticks out to me, and uh, maybe this is just my Yankee fan ego talking, but it's, continues to prove to us that the money ball approach isn't going to work in major league baseball anymore. Uh, and it hasn't in the first place And Tampa Bay, like props to them. They're able to make the playoffs and win the division on their budget constantly. They just can't uh, make the runs uh, to that world series title. So. I will say kind of with that money ball approach, it works to a certain extent. The only thing that I think is actually in Tampa Bay's favor is the fact that you have been now to, I think it's either two or three consecutive playoffs and you're constantly keeping the same team or you're at least able to keep the same core offensive guys and guys that can play the field. And that's honestly better for you than keeping the pitching because you can always find pitching and you can always find those veteran guys, but keeping guys like Meadows and Rosarena um, and Choi, just being able to run that rotation through on a lineup, that is what's better for the money ball approach, in my opinion, too. It's on. <laughs> Episode number 19 of the Covert Show. Back over there is RC, after a couple of episodes, has made his triumphant return. Nick and our guest on the phone line, after some interesting tech stuff before we got this one underway, as uh Welcome back to the show, Quinn Douglas. I talked to him when the SEC Big 12 debacle had kicked off, but welcome back to the show, Quinn. We're happy to have you back once again. Glad to be back, Jonathan. Hopefully this, this time is just as enjoyable as the first time. We're not talking about you know college football, everything being you know out in question. Yeah, not quite as um, crazy necessarily, but... A lot going on nonetheless, and I know Nick's keeping tabs on the NLCS, ALCS, so this is as good of a point as any to start. And Laz Diaz, boys, I know that we've probably all got an opinion of the worst strike three, worst non-strike three call you could possibly uh, give as it cost the Red Sox. The Astros end up winning today, makes it 9-1 in the ALCS. Uh Houston leading 3-2, I should say, through Game 5. And the NLCS Game 4, as of the time of this recording, Braves up 5-0 over the Dodgers. And the Braves lead the series 2-1. Uh, you guys, what were some of your early thoughts on these two series? We'll start with you, Nick, and then go to Quinn. 
kind of looking at it, especially, I was more excited for the rematch of the Braves and the Dodgers coming back to the NLCS, I believe, for the second straight year. And so far, it has been an absolute show of a series. Two walk-off wins in a row for the Braves at home. Series flips to L.A. And last night, I was watching the game with my parents. Fans were leaving because they thought the game was over. And they were sitting there, disappointment, heads on, or hands on their heads and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, the Dodgers break it open. Cody Bellinger with, I believe now, five of eight home runs in the postseason for his career have either been game-tying or go-ahead home runs. So he came up clutch finally after being in just an absolute slump this year. So the Dodgers' bats are still there, but tonight uh, Julio Urias did not look on. He was only hitting about 92 when he hits 95-plus. Uh, the Dodger or the Braves were tagging him up on fastballs high. Everything was getting left up, and this Braves offense is just deadly. One through nine, Jock Peterson lighting it up. Uh, one player for the Braves right now is a hit away from a cycle. He just needs a double. Um, I mean, the Braves have this. If they can continue this kind of weird Johnny Holstaff pitching routine, they might have this series on lock until they get back to Max Freed who I believe would start the next game in Atlanta. So I personally think the Braves have this series. And then flipping over to the American League, that has also just been an absolute blast to watch. The Red Sox coming out, they were swinging first. They got a couple of big games. And then the Astros doing what the Astros do best, just making it kind of a comeback story. Their bats are getting hot. I believe, hold on, let me kind of just take a look at the last three games. They've scored almost, they scored nine runs today. They scored nine runs last night, 12, 12 runs for the Red Sox in the last game. I mean, there have been some high-scoring affairs so far in these last three games, and 18 runs in two games for the Astros. That's pretty impressive, at Fenway, to say the least. Yeah, this, uh, at least starting with the National League Championship Series, I had a chance to get to watch most of the game one and game two with the, with the Braves walking up both nights in a row. I think the thing I'm most impressed about with this Braves team Every night, it's someone different. Game one, it was Austin Riley. Game, game two was Eddie Rosario that came up with the big hit. The Braves, it doesn't matter who is doing it. It's just a matter of getting it done, and that can really lend itself to a lot of postseason success, especially against a team like the Dodgers. I mean, they're the, it's the vaunted Dodgers. They have a pitching staff that's good in any in baseball, and the Braves are looking at that state, so what? And they, they come out, and they have attacked the uh, Braves pitching, or the Dodgers pitching staff. They've done a really, really good job, and that's where the ALCS to the Red Sox and the Astros, I'm just waiting for a game we're going to get where it's going to be close because it feels like every game <laughs> has been a blowout so far. It was like 12-1 a couple nights ago uh, for the Red Sox. The Red Sox, that's two wins they've had their blowouts. The Astros, they are, they blew out the Red Sox. Now, it feels like if the Red Sox can get a win in game six, and I know that's a big if uh, since they're going back to Houston, game seven, I got a feeling, is probably going to be the one game in that series that's actually legitimately going to be close. And I'll be interested to see who, what both team or what each team will have on the mound for that game set if it does come to that. Well, and the Astros have been hitting, besides these last two games, the Astros have been hitting late. They haven't been hitting early. The Red Sox bullpen has been keeping them kind of just very off balance. You look at game one, they didn't score until I think it was like the seventh or the eighth inning when they finally started getting off. And then Carlos Correa finally got his postseason home run as well. Altuve still swinging it good. But, I mean, the Astros need to find a way to continue to keep this momentum and scoring in the early innings and forcing the Red Sox back on their heels. Because especially the Red Sox hit very, very good 
even losing game one, going into game two, just absolutely on fire. They are hitting lights out on the road as they have been the entire season to get to this point. So with that, unless you've got another sports thing to add here, it's time for, uh, I don't know, this this might be one of those segments that looks good on paper <laughs> and ends up becoming one of those segments you're like, well, we probably shouldn't have run it, but... Uh, Nonetheless, it's time for the Spotify wrapped segment. And this will be, I think it'll be funny because I know what mine looks like. And I'm sure yours is going to be a whole heck of a lot more normal. And I've got my number one song tuned up. So unless you actually know it, which like I said, I don't know if you will, but we're going to go ahead. And uh, so, all right, top genres. We'll start with my top genres and then. I don't know if you've got just songs or artists or genres or whatever you've got over there on your end, but I'm going to start with genres. Here we go. You ready for this? Let's go get it. Number five, dance pop. I'm oh just as surprised my. as you are with that one. Hold on. I'm trying to I'm trying to go see if I can find my genres. So here, I'll, I'll go through mine and give you some time here. Number four, Country Road. Number three, Outlaw Country. Again, these are top genres for 2021 uh, for my Spotify playlist. And then number two, Alternative Metal. Number one, Classic Rock. But Dance Pop getting number five is is amusing to me. So a rock, metal, two countries, and a dance pop make my top five for the old uh, Spotify wrapped uh, playlist, whatever. Uh, for that, so do you have any luck? Looking to see. I'm I'm looking through. It's it's loading so slow. I listen to eighty. Oh, here we go. I listen to eighty six different genres this year. My top genres are. Oh my gosh! Here we go. <laughs> so, number five, modern rock. Okay. Number four, country road. Hey, that's mine too. Wow, twinsies, way to go, man. Yeah, but we're going to giggle about this one. Number three was dance pop. Wow, he likes to dance (laughs) in his free time. Classic rock was number two, and then to get it all topped off, contemporary country was number one on my genres. Yeah. There you go. You You don't really sound that impressed with your top five. I'm just, I was just waiting to see what it was. All right. So now I'm going to go through uh, the other part of the rap. It's top artist, top song. I want to save songs for last. Uh, We'll understand why here in a minute. Maybe. Uh, Maybe you'll surprise me. We'll have to see. But top artist, number five, Weird Al. Number four, The Wiggles. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. What is this? The Wiggles. Number four. I don't know. Go, wait, wait, wait. What was, the, what, was the, uh, what was the category for this? This is top artists of 2021 from my Spotify playlist. <laughs> the Wiggles. The Wiggles. Now, now, all right, you know what? I wasn't going to play them, but just so. Uh, is this your top song? No, this is not the top song. This is, uh, oh, what do we want to hear? Big red car. Well, I think we got to go with the classic here. Got to get her, get her going. Uh, oh, that's right. They switched. I think this is the OG. Oh, that's a commercial. I'm just gonna keep talking. Oh, 
This is the Wiggles. This is the number four artist of my 2021 Spotify playlist. All right. If I can get it to work. I'm trying to find my top artist. I found my top artist, but I'm trying to find my top five artists. Anthony, I'm chopping up some melon. Oh my goodness, there we go, I found him. Ah, is that fruit salad? <laughs> An absolute bop. A bop, truest of bops. Alright, anyway... That's that's the Wiggles for those listening that are like, what the hell is this guy? Talking? This is this is a show meant for like, I, I don't know. What would you Kid. say? Like under Kid. under eight, probably under ten. Oh un, under ten at the old age. All right. So there's number four. Number three is Marty Robbins. This is an old country artist for those that aren't into that. He's an old Western. Uh, El Paso is one of his songs. Uh, Big Irons, another one of his songs. And then we get into music that you're like, okay, at least to know what that is. Number two, artist of 2021, Slipknot. And number one oh. artist of 2021 was Shinedown. Apparently, I listened to 776 minutes of Shinedown. Uh, Love it. That is the top five artists for me. And uh, I don't think you can top that, but you can sure try. Uh, mine is definitely as generic as it frigging comes. <laughs> so number five was good old Zach Brown band. Number four, Jake Owens. Number three, John Langston. Number two, Luke Combs. And wow. just to keep just to keep with the generic look, number one was good old Morgan Wallen. And according to this, I listed nine hundred and sixty one different artists. Morgan Wallen being my top, uh, I was in the top 5% of listeners this year who had Morgan Wallen. Well, wait, hold on. I clicked something and now it's I was in the back, top but... 2% for Shinedown, buddy. I'm a real fan, man. Oh, man. Hold on. We'll go all the way back to as much music as we listen to, and we'll see who compared both. But so far this year, I had 1,300 minutes of Morgan Wallen listening oh and God. the top song that i had was this bar by him all but right let's 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 throw it to like the very first part of um how much music we listen to and like what percent we were for that because everybody's been saying what they were for percent of like music listened so hold on here i'm trying to find it so you're talking about at the beginning of the rap here yeah. All right. So if I if everybody listening to this podcast here's my uh my my wrapped will be playing behind this because I'm using my phone uh Nick's on the phone line. So if we hear a loud uh, noise here, I do apologize, but you can mute it. If I was smart enough, I sure could. <laughs> it's up at the top by where the X is. All right. So we got the movie main ca- oh, I I want to skip this. So oh, what are we talking like your about? Third one uh, in. So I spent, are you talking about percentage of listeners that I'm higher than for music uh, minutes? Yeah, how much, how much time did you spend listening to music? 11,429 minutes, more than 61% of other listeners, which I'm sure is not very high. How much did you spend? 
11,429 minutes, more than 61% of <laughs> listeners in the good old U.S. of A. Uh, I spent 36,000. Oh, I got smoked. <laughs> I got smoked. <laughs> I spent 36,000 minutes listening to music, and that is more than 87% of listeners in the good old oh. U.S. of A. I... And here was the thing. I spent a lot of driving, and we were on a bus for long times for baseball, so I was constantly listening to music. Well, that was impressive. I won't I won't deny. So what are, uh, what's our other numbers we're comparing here before we get to song of the year? Uh, oh, I just found my top song of the year. I think that's what we're on now. We can just go to it. Song of the year. All right. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, here, hold on, I pulled it back up because I didn't, it skipped ahead, I thought I was holding it. So my top song, once again, to continue with just the cliche of what my music was, my top song was What You See Is What You Get by Luke Combs, and that was my top song of the year. I played it 52 times. Alright, so top five, I'll have to, I'll have to see if I can find how many times, uh... Wait, top five or like your top, top song five. of the year in general? Top five, I haven't, uh... Yeah, starting with top five, and I got to see if I can find that number you just uh, talked about there. But oh, I found my top. I got my top five now. All right, top five. All right. So starting down at number five again, I will continue just with the cliche of my music. Not know anybody who is listening. I do listen to some weird music, but apparently, I just like to listen to my stuff more. <laughs> Number five was Down to the Honky Tonk by Jake Owen. I played that a lot for the summer especially. Uh, Beers and Sunshine, Darius Rucker. I was on the lake and the river a lot, so there you go. Running on Sunshine was number three by John Langston. Number two, I played this. I'm surprised this wasn't my top song. I played this religion religiously, and he was in Lincoln not too long ago. Colin Baton Rouge, but it was by Brooks Jefferson, not Garth Brooks, because... Uh, the only like music streaming that Garth Brooks does, I think, is the uh, SoundCloud. But Colin Baton Rouge, number two, and then number one, obviously, was what you see, what you get, Luke Combs. All right, Man, so I'm generic. Mine is far from it, especially the number one. But there's a few songs in this that'll make sense. Number five, Shine Down with the song Forty Five. Number four, Ghost with the song Square Hammer. Number three. Mudvayne with the song Dig, number two, Shine Down with the song Devil, and number one, Bubble and the Shit Rockers with the song The Kittyman. Have you heard this song? Let me answer that question for you. You have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm still caught up on the name. What was the name of the band? The name of the band, Bubbles and the Shit Rockers, off of the Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> This is some song they released. It's only a minute and a half long. It's called The Kittyman. It's the Kittyman Sea Shanty in full. I'm sure you haven't heard it based on the reaction. All right. Well, let's see if this will, uh, Mike will do a better job of picking this one up. So here it is. The best song of 2021. The number one song of the year. Bubbles in the Shit Rockers with The Kittyman. Oh my gosh. 
So, yeah, you get the idea. That is the best song, and the best part of it is, I have no idea what Spotify bases this off of. This song was played only 32 times, which for the song of the, like, the top song, I would have thought would have been played way more than that, but it was played 32 times and wins Song of the Year 2021, so. That is all right. I told you it would surprise you. That algorithm just doesn't make sense, but okay. I told you it would surprise you. <laughs> Shine Down 45, that's a good song, though. Shine Down Anything is excellent. I listened to like 800 minutes of Shine Down or something this year. Uh, so there you go, yeah. Now, I don't have the impressive numbers you do. I mean, the total minutes, I have like a third of it, what you had. Dude, I... Like I said, I will listen to music all the time. Like, I'll throw music on in the shower, like, since I don't still have internet here because I'm stupid. Uh, I'll just throw music on while I'm cooking, and then I'll throw a movie on. Like, I I will list, Like I will go to bed right now, and because I just can't sleep without any noise, I will throw music on on my phone because I, like, can't stream stuff. So, like, all my saved uh, music, I will throw it on on my phone and just listen to it while I fall asleep so it'll play. So the problem I probably have with this is, I split time between YouTube and Spotify. So, like, if I'm driving somewhere and it's short, I'll put on YouTube because you can control more of, like, what songs you hear versus if, like, you're road tripping, Spotify is definitely the way to go when you know you're in the car for four hours. So that's probably part of the problem uh, as why my music listening minutes is so bad, but I don't think I could compete with 37,000 minutes even if I tried. I mean, I'll throw on a podcast too a little bit, but it's just like I. Oh, yeah. So here's a here's a great great thing. So Spotify um, keeps track of who the best podcast that I listen to is. Yeah. And let's see if you can guess what podcast Spotify picked out as this is the best podcast and the p- podcast you listen to the most. The Colbert Show. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Because I listen back and I'd like to make sure, you know, that the, the episodes come out and, you know, there's no, like, glaring problems with them and I don't listen to... I mean, I listen to other podcasts, but, again, I'm not really sure what the algorithm had because I don't think there's been that many minutes. Maybe it goes by, like, episodes played. So, like, I play parts of all of them at different points, so... I'd probably say that's more of what it is because it's, like, I, I definitely, like... My girlfriend takes over, like, the podcast on my phone because, like, besides ours, I'll listen to, like, just podcasts with her, like, because she likes to do the same thing. We can't fall asleep without, like, having music or something on. So if it's not the TV, I'll just throw a podcast on my phone. So, like, throw it all the way back to when Jenna Marbles was on YouTube. She listens to the <laughs> Jenna and Ju- she listens to the Jenna and Julian podcast a lot, and she'll use it on my phone. So, like, that's where, that's where that, mine comes from. Is, is that the most listened to podcast on your phone? It is, honestly. Wow, congratulations. Well, no, we'll sit there and fall asleep to it, because, like, I'll listen to ours, like, going in a car somewhere, but, like, unless I have data, I can't stream podcasts. Well, that makes sense. So, yeah, there you go. I I thought this would be good. Uh, I wasn't sure whether RC was going to be in on this podcast, and it would have (laughs) been, as you know, from listening to other podcasts, 
he's a little opinionated about music and what's good and what's not. So, <laughs> but we'll we'll have to catch that up if we remember uh, whenever he gets back uh, from from taking a vacation here to uh, get back on the show, and we'll have to go through that because, as you can imagine, he wasn't really that impressed with uh, the kid even being the song of the year ahead of let's say Mudvayne's Dig was only number three. <laughs> That's hilarious, the Kitty Men. That it's a good song. It's a good. It's a good song. It's a quick song, like two or three verses, eighty-five seconds, and you're done. You're on to the next one. It's a bop. <laughs> it's a bop. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Um, again, code word covert twenty fifteen percent off raise energy. Uh, if you're uh, you're into that sort of thing, again, I had sour gummy worm. Can confirm. It's a solid drink. Um, but, yeah, if you don't have anything else, I mean, it's hard to believe it, but next time we're going to be doing a podcast is going to be uh, next year. Got to throw in my dad joke for the uh, for the year, but it'll be oh next I year. Like I feel like that's everybody's just cliche joke. We try to keep making more and try to keep making more, but it's like, no, nah, we'll see you next year. And it's just like, dude, it's like in two days away. Well, you know what? That's uh, that still doesn't change the fact the calendar's going to say it's New Year. <laughs> oh, I know, but like there are so, and this is the funny part about it is, I'm like, if you can hear it, like I'm walking around just because like my foot started falling asleep the way I was sitting in a chair, <laughs> so I I just need to walk around and put pressure on it. But like, it's so funny just to listen to everybody say, "Oh no, it's 2022." Oh, and it's just like, oh, you know, it's like. Don't don't even start with that, please. We don't need another twenty twenty. I just keep moving forward down the line, down the line, down the line. We uh, we try to be optimistic on this podcast and not talk a lot about COVID, <laughs> this, that, and the other thing. But I, I was talking to a couple of different people over the last week, and I, it's amazing to me. You go back to last year, twenty twenty, absolute cluster of a year. The uh, optimism going into 2021 of like, this is going to be the greatest year ever, this, that, and the other thing, versus where we're at now, you know, so 2022 is a slightly better repeat of 2020. Now everybody's going into 2022 with the exact opposite expectation of like, oh yeah, 2022 is just going to be more of the same. And it's uh, it's interesting just how much that's flipped in the last year. I mean, I think... You know, we're, we're on the, it's got to turn around at some point. So why not 2022, right? I mean, obviously I'm not going to say like the calendar flips and all of a sudden everything's fine, but like at some point in 2022, wouldn't we be like, okay, something's going to happen, but a lot of people are, a lot of people are punting on 2022 already and we haven't even got there yet. I, I just, I really hope that it's, that everybody's just, freaking out over nothing because i i can't deal with another just bad year of this getting canceled and this getting closed and like just like let let us have a year please where we can just like be happy <laughs> just be happy as human beings just all i don't want to sing kumbaya and hold hands but like at this point <laughs> i'll take it i mean i think and again, okay, well, let's just say 2020, 2021 are both shot. You know, they both COVID this and all the things that we've all lived through. I don't need to highlight them because 
everybody knows already. But what about this? So, okay, let's say we get halfway through 2022, and then the rest of the decade's fine because we've, like, jam-packed enough stuff for an entire decade into two years. So what about the next seven and a half years? You just go, okay, everything's going to be fine. We're not going to have any sort of anything. I realize that this is like the most optimistic way of looking at it, but I'm with you. You can't have another year of just the the downtrodden negativity that's out there. So I guess we did turn it into a little bit of a, a positive optimistic of like, it's got to go. You got to gotta turn it around at some point. And well, oh yeah, 2022 might be the year to get her done. I'm hoping it is, because if it's not, oh, boy, howdy. <laughs> I'm not going to be a very happy camper. Well, you and everybody else. <laughs> it, it, oh, indeed, but it's just like, I, I, I will agree with you. It's like, yeah, 2022 can have a little bit of struggle, but like if it goes the entire year of well, just straight, I'm on a bus hitting potholes <laughs> the entire freaking time. You're oh, falling, you've been screaming. falling into craters for the last year and a half, so maybe <laughs> driving through potholes would be an improvement. <laughs> Probably, but still, it's like I'm going to end up with like a broken axle here, a flat tire <laughs> there. It's just like, let me go through. And that doesn't mean if my car is listening outside, it does not need to do that tomorrow or the rest of this year or in 2020. I'm knocking on wood right the hell now. It does not need to do that. No, uh... it's not not. Not hypothetical here. That's it not is an no invitation speech. to break your shit. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't break your shit. Oh my uh, lord! But yeah, I mean, there you go. There's a, there's a moment for the 2021 podcast, right? Or the best of 2021, just at the end of the year. <laughs> that's. I mean, we we summed it up there. I mean, I, I appreciate all the listeners we have. You know, this is a podcast that's just getting started. We're 22 episodes deep. It's been, I don't know, say five months, six months at it uh, with a giant break in the middle. Um, so, but, you know, I mean, we're, we're here. We're doing our thing. Uh, we're going to, I, my goal for this podcast is to find some more guests to bring on. We uh, were able to bring on a few guests uh, here in the early, early beginning building time of the podcast, but a lot of good things, and you know, I mean that raise energy thing. We've we've we're we're slowly figuring but, it out. We're slowly but surely getting that down on lock. I mean, you've been the best of the three of us to remember to talk about it. Uh, so I haven't had to do that the last two episodes. You've been on it, and you you've read my mind as I was about to say the one or the one or two times that you said it. Hey. Get that code out there. You've just you've been on it, so I don't have to harp on you much anymore. Well, I mean, it's 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 a community it's a community effort here <laughs> to get this out. As uh, yeah, I mean, happy to have you back for season two. We'll have RC joining us, and uh, we'll see where it's going. I mean, we talked about it last time, and I haven't talked to RC about it for a little bit, but rumor has it there might be a youtube thing coming which you know at this point you know any expansions good expansion uh but again you can follow the covert show on twitter at the covert show facebook the covert show i think rc's got some updates over there you might want to check out uh you can email us at the covert show or the covert show at gmail.com all right you got anything to add here in the final uh episode of 2021 nah i'm i'm excited for 
for season two and you know or for season two and for 2022 and you know what maybe next year i'll have wi-fi ah there you go that's that's one of those <laughs> fun ones somewhere in 2022 nick will get wi-fi we'll get him back on the old skype line i mean the phones have worked great knocking on wood again there because you know technology does what it wants sometimes and there you go that is the 22 clips from the 22 episodes not all episodes were included, obviously. I think we had four clips from the uh, episode that uh, Damien was in, but there was a lot of clips across the majority of the episodes. So with that, I thank you for listening. The Covert Show thanks you for listening. Happy New Year to all that are listening from The Covert Show. That's myself, RC, Nick, and all of our guests that we've had throughout once again, you want to uh, follow us, you can on Twitter at The Covert Show. You can email us, thecovertshow at gmail.com. There's a Facebook page as well. The Covert Show is the name of that. And I couldn't end a podcast without at least talking about Raise Energy. Use the code word COVERT20 for 15% off Raise Energy. With that, that will wrap up the Best of 21 podcast. Thanks for listening.